they don't. Hi, Sam. How are you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. How about you guys? Who cares about us? We only well, care about you. Well, I Indeed. care about you guys. I woke up. So, <laughs> Sam, you got to have it. That's good. Uh, yeah, I woke up too, which is seemingly a really hard feat right now. My life is sad. I'm all sick again. But I have COVID. I think brand new house. Yeah, you know? I do have. Yeah, that's true. Your first I think this you've is, ever had. You sick there? It's got to be okay. It's true. I think this is the fifth time by my count that I've had COVID now. Oh, I'm like I'm basically like a petri dish of COVID. It's pretty fantastic. It's well, you go to a it's lot all... of pool tournaments. Yeah, I go to a few. Of They're breeding grounds for COVID for sure. Oh, yeah, so I'm going to battle my way through today. Uh, not feeling my best, but that's why I brought Sam Henderson in, uh, because we need to have some of that youth energy to get us through this. Sam, what's up? How does how does it feel to know on your very first episode of the Cue It Up Network podcast that you're going to have to bear all of the weight for a couple of old and injured people on this show? I don't know. I'm just going to have to get through it. going to have to carry you guys along. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you got a strong back. So, no, it'll Sam, be, it'll be fun. We have you for the first time. Let's introduce you. Tell us a little bit about Sam Rhino Henderson. Um, well, as you guys know, my name is Sam Henderson. I'm 16 years old. I'm from Iowa. I still live in Iowa. Um, Banky I'm a, territory. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a pool player that just travels around the Midwest trying to. Trying to gain more um, like matchroom tournaments and stuff. I'm trying to go along with that. Um, just a junior pool player that's trying to go pro. Well, the go pro part of it is uh, is kind of fun because what what go is pro it? Am I, am I, years. Not, am I, well, am I right in saying that uh, the BCA? The BCA in the U.S. Uh, considers a 720 Fargo a pro. Is that does that sound right, Rob? Yeah, I think that's maybe right. a little more. <clears throat> no, I, I think the BCA considers a 720 quote unquote a pro. Mm-hmm. And your did did you just reach 700, Sam? Yeah. So you're you're exactly 700 right now. Exactly 700 right now. Very nice. Might go down in a couple of days. I just didn't have my best performance at a tournament. Wow. But... Hopefully, so is this the start to your downfall of your career? Then you oh, finally reached seven hundred, and now it's just you're just yeah. nowhere from down from here. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be playing as bad as Rob and I in about a month from now. Well, I just told I you today, not. mine went down four points, and I won three local tournaments. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, the local week, tournaments that three you, in a week, and it went down four. Yeah, but the local tournaments that you play, and I mean, the highest Fargo-rated player is like a five hundred. No. That's that's exactly true. So yeah, they win a couple games and they're not supposed. Well, if you lose one game to the right player in a tournament like that, you might go down. Yep. So there's that. It'll probably go up. He lost to Shane. You lost to Shane McMinn. How do you lose to Shane McMinn? Oh, what do you mean? Shane's yeah. a pretty good player, isn't he? Come on, yeah, yeah, Shane's we were... a pretty good player. We were. It was a race to seven. We were four to four, and I, I had a pretty simple safety, and I let him off the hook. I just, I should have, I, I 
should have Well, Shane ended up winning that tournament, right? Shane won the tournament, yeah. Okay. Okay. And how many players were in it? Uh, about 100. And what place did you get? Like 17th through 24th. It was not oh, good. That's not it wasn't my best So, Sam, you play yeah. exclusively on uh, nine-foot tables then pretty much? Well, he 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 took seventeenth place. We're just going to kick him out of the podcast from now on. He's just not he's not invited back anymore. <laughs> wow, I know. How did it feel? You guys, one a- this much power should not be in the hands of one person. I'm telling you, you have to fill in as like the new Jim. So I I, I do this to Jim all the time, and he giggles, and it's funny. <laughs> so what was your record, and who did you play in that seventeenth or twenty fourth? Um. I don't know. I really don't know the three guys that I beat. I lost to. I won three matches and I lost two. Uh, so way it goes is it started off. It usually is 128 players. Uh, this tournament they only had 100. Um, I made it to the final 32 and then they do a redraw, and then uh, full true redraw. So it's still double elimination. And then I won one match in the redraw and then I played. Um, then I played Shane McMahon. He got me and then woke up the next morning. And then I played uh, George Walters. He's, oh, he's, just, a, good he's a really good player from Iowa. He beat me 7-5. I was up 5-4 on him and just let him off the hook. Mm. Yeah, he was, he's, he's around a 7-05, yeah, and he's Fargo, 7-10. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a good player. So you lost to a couple of real players. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not like you lost to some scrub like me. Yeah, well, I did. <laughs> a little louder? I did. I did. <laughs> well, uh, so we're going to have Sam on a little bit more regularly. Uh, he's going to join the show because I am going to help him a little bit with his career. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because you're probably going to have a lot of people that are going to be like, no, get away, get away. <laughs> I'm going to help him out with a little bit of his uh, managerial stuff. Um helping them with, I guess, which events to go to, um, who to talk to, blah, 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 stuff like that. So we're going to get him onto the podcast so we can help build his brand because uh, you'll never know it so far because he's been handling this pretty well. You are an anxiety-ridden little head case, aren't you? Yes. Oh, Very boy. Yeah, yeah. I like to pick on you, but uh, it's true. You, you, your favorite thing in the world is the idea of getting on a plane, right? No, I I absolutely hate planes, and I don't want to get on one. I definitely I, – I will get on one. I think we're going to for the U.S. Open, but I definitely don't want to get on one to fly over the ocean. That would be – no. Deathly afraid of lots of different things, huh? Yeah, I'm, yeah very little things. Like, I'm afraid You're of – You're flying, things. huh? Okay. You're not alone, Sam. A lot of folks don't want yeah. to fly. I don't like heights either, so that's part of it. Okay. Well, you're getting up pretty high. I mean, the aren't are you a little bit afraid of like going over a 700 Fargo? That's pretty high. That's kind of like a height, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's a that's a good height. Oh, that's a good. <laughs> it height. Is. I got you. That's good. Well, uh, I guess we have our little intro. Uh, we're going to be taking a little bit more of an interest in Sam's career because while he's 16 years old uh, and a 700 level Fargo, which is about the same, uh, I think uh, Joey Tate, he's kind of like the him and Landon Hollinsworth, I think are like the, the big juniors that seemingly everybody knows for the men's side of things. Uh, and you're a year younger than Joey. I think Joey's 17, right? Yeah, I think, I believe so. He's 17. I, 
And I think Landon is 18, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, when so many people don't know this, uh, but we when the whole COVID thing was going on back in 2020, uh, we were playing like online matches, uh, online tournaments through Zoom. And me and Landon were actually both in the tournaments. Like we me and him would both play in the tournaments and we were like the only two that were regulars there and um we would just go back and forth through those and yeah he's two years older than me okay yeah so uh those are the two players that most most players know and and i think landon hollandsworth is right around a 700 uh fargo and i think joey's a little over that maybe like 710 but at the end of the day like i don't think that you have the national profile that you should given the fact that you're a year year and two years younger than them and you you play almost as well, if not just as well. So uh, we're going to do our best over here at the Cue It Up Network to help build your profile so that people start knowing who you are. Because at the end of the day, if you make it to the Moscone Cup, I expect 25% because you know, <laughs> we're getting you there, you know? That seems fair, doesn't it, Rob? Well, I think that's a that's a tremendous goal for you, for sure. You got to have set your sights on the future and uh, down the road, uh, you know, if you can get there by the time you're 18, that would really be something. That's yeah. Pretty, you know, let's say this. What what are your type of category then? You know, pretty. Young. Let's ask what what uh, what kind of goals do you have as far as that? Do you do you want to play the Moscone Cup? I do want to make Moscone Cup team. I I do. What if it's in London? Because I don't no. think you want to take a boat over there. So how are you going to get? Um, there? Boats are great. I don't like boats either. I don't like boats. Oh, you don't like boats either. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so how are you going to get there? Are, are you going to just turn down an invite? Yeah, too many to this is how it'll happen. I'll, I'll drive up through Canada. We'll fly from Canada to Russia, drive through Russia to Europe, and then play the team. Play on the team. Oh, take the long way. Yeah, wow. a four-day trip. I've already looked it up. <laughs> the fact that you actually know that that's a four-day trip does not surprise me. No, I don't know if it's a four-day trip. It could be shorter. It's- I'm not sure. Sounds about right. Uh, I think you better. I mean, if you're gonna drive, if you're gonna drive from Iowa to the tip of Alaska to where you can catch a flight to the earliest part of Russia that you can, uh, and then drive. Russia's pretty big, man. I think you're looking at a, a solid, probably 30, 40 hours just driving through Russia. Yeah, I think you got to get over the fear of flying. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to. We already talked to a doctor about knocking me out through the flight. Uh, yeah, they make Xanax for that. Have you thought about hypnotizing? Getting hypnotized? I've not thought about that. Yeah, think about that. It works for a lot of things. That's one of the things it can work for. Xanax. I I think that's a thing. But now I'm telling a 16 year old to take Xanax, and I don't know if that's a good idea. No, that's not. Yeah. Stay away from any meds. I can tell Rob to take Xanax because he needs needs Xanax. We need to call him Rob now. No, I don't. <laughs> no. Don't think so? No. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so what are your goals? I kind of I, I kind of sh- cut you off on that. What are your goals for, let's say, two years? Two years? Um, I want to build up matchroom points. That's one of my main goals, to get up up in the rankings. That'd be, that'd be nice. Um, make the Moscone team, that'd be probably two to five years, I'd say. Um, do really good in the U.S. Open next US couple of years. Derby, you're going to go to the Derby, maybe. Uh, not till I'm 21. You can't, you can't get in there, right? Yeah, no, nope. not okay. till I'm 21. 
Okay, so you got a few but years. You did, but he can and did play the U.S. Open last year. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and won so, two matches at the U.S. Open. Uh, one. one, one match. Okay. Yeah. How about some of the Predator events? How about this Wisconsin? Um, coming uh, yeah, I'm going to the Wisconsin tournament. I'd like okay. to. I'd like to do fairly decent in that. Um, I'm also going to the. Gosh, I'm not sure what it's called. The first break, Bob Stocks Memorial in Virginia. Okay. Next month in April. Okay. That should be a good one. A lot of pros signed up for that one. Yeah. Um, we're also, we're thinking about the, we're thinking about the Jason Shaw tournament right before the U S open. We're That's the weekend about. before the U S open, right? Yep. 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 Basically, I just want to, I just want to start doing fairly well in these pro tournaments. That's my main goal for the next year. Um, okay. I'm not, Good I'm enough. not any other pro tournaments. I, I think I want to start going to more of the, the predator tournaments. Those look fun. But. Sure. Well, the ones that are close to you, anyhow. Yeah, yeah. I know that the, the, week, the week before the U.S. Open one, I think, is Michigan. The Michigan Open right. for the Predator event. But if you're looking at Jason's event, uh, I think those overlap each other, I think. so Yeah, I'm not sure if we're wearing Jason's or not. We're still deciding. Sure. Well, all right, well. That's a pretty good introduction to Sam. I guess he's going to be joining the show a little bit more regularly, so I think we should probably have an idea on who he is. Uh, at an appointment, hope to... Yay, Lonnie. We switched to Mondays, uh, so this is going to be permanent going forward, and we're hopefully going to switch to Monday so that we can get Lonnie in a little bit more. Uh, Lonnie is a business owner who decided her business is more important than the podcast, so we have to change to Mondays to try to get her in here. Uh, you know, just kidding. We want Lonnie in here. She's She's... She's very smart, very articulate, and she's my partner for VNEA, so I got to keep her happy before I hook her a bunch and piss her off in Vegas. But until then, we'll keep her happy, you know, the small things. So let's jump in, I guess, for the first part of the show, which was we missed last week uh, the WPBA event. So I think we should chat about that a little bit because Kelly Fisher gets back on her winning ways and is able to snap that off over uh, Allison Fisher. And Wei Su Chen gets third place. Uh, Christina Takach gets uh, fourth place, which is kind of basically this is the top four at every single one of these events, seemingly. They just kind of rotate who gets first, second, and third is pretty much between Kelly Allison and uh, Wei Su Chen. And then uh, Christina Takach, uh, Christina Zlateva, and Margaret Fafalova are kind of like the next three in whatever order that they end up finishing in. It's the same here again. Margaret Fafalova and Christina Zlateva get fifth, sixth. Uh, Christina Tzakech gets fourth. Uh, this was actually in Iowa, if I'm not mistaken, right? How close was this to you, Sam? It was. It was about uh, about two hours away from me, Fairfield, Iowa. Okay. Uh, and you you didn't go to that, of course, right? No, we I was we were thinking about it because I believe they ran an open tournament the Thursday before before the tournament. I think it actually the women started on Thursday, but they were running a an open tournament that went alongside of it. So we were thinking about it, but we just ended up not going. Sure. Gotcha. What kind uh, of cue stick do you have, Sam? What? Yes. What kind of cue do you have? Uh, I play with a McDermott. Okay. He is sponsored by McDermott. Yeah. Why right. well, against the M. Gotcha. Very nice. Yeah. Since uh, 20, since you were 12, is that right? 11. Yep. 11. Met at the BCA Expo in July of 2018. And been with them oh. basically ever since, right? 
Yep. Wow, they picked you up. You were pretty young. Yeah, yeah. When I first talked to them, when I first talked to them, they said they weren't looking. And then I played I played on their table in front of them and they they came up to me because we were just walking around to different booths and stuff and they sent two ambassadors or two representatives to come find me. So and then they brought me back to the owner because uh, the owner wanted to meet me. But oh, nice. Yeah, it felt pretty good because at first they said they weren't interested. So, well, little introduction. That's been a very popular brand of Q in Wisconsin for fifty years, any sixty maybe. Yeah, that was one of the first Qs I ever had was a McDermott Viking, then a McDermott. So, actually, many, many, many years ago, I didn't realize. Had a. Go ahead. I didn't, I didn't realize how many Q companies were out of Wisconsin. There's a oh. lot. Oh. Yeah, nobody have any idea. Nobody has any idea. Basically, um, basically, if it's a U.S. company and it does like, like a large amounts of Qs, it's in Wisconsin. Yeah. Besides, there's there are some signal <laughs> Q makers that don't have that big really company good, yeah. that really are talented. And there's a handful yeah. of them. They just make a couple Qs a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Rob. So, uh, Let's let's go through some of the Q companies, uh, the big ones. Of course, you have McDermott, uh, Viking Qs, the sponsor to this podcast, who we love the most, uh, and is the best Q company in all of Wisconsin. Jacoby, Jacoby Custom, Jacoby Custom Qs. We love Jacoby. They take care of us very well over here. Uh, so Jacoby Custom Qs, McDermott, Viking, Shone, Peachower, uh, Peachower, uh, uh, Shubler Qs is kind of a popular one. They we used to have Sailor Qs. Those are kind of Kind of big, I guess. Um, Segan was out of here for well, while they were in existence, I guess. Uh, am I missing any? There's still some big ones. The one who's up in Rice Lake up there? Did you mention uh, Mark? Mark Seach makes really good. Mark Seach, I think he's yeah. more of, yeah, he's more of like a more of a local kind of guy. But there's a lot of them. I mean, just Peshawar, Jacoby, uh, Viking, Schmidke. McDermott, Schmidke. Yeah, yeah, Schmidtke. Uh, there's Schoen Qs and Segan Qs. I mean, those are some, those are pretty pretty big Wisconsin companies. I mean, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's got some great Q companies, but Jacoby's the best. Absolutely love Jacoby. Everybody should love Jacoby because they take care of us really well and they take care of the industry really well. Actually, there was just a, a tournament that was announced that uh, Jacoby is going to be the uh, yes. title sponsor for for yeah. a uh, for a matchroom ranking event. So Jacoby yeah. definitely gives back to the brand new tournament. matchroom ranking event. Yep, yep. So that's that's fun. That's cool. Uh, so I guess with that, let's uh, let's jump into. Um, what do you got in Iowa there for for uh, Q makers? Uh, our biggest one we have Davini. Patrick Davini. Okay, yeah. Davini. Yeah. Yeah, they. <clears throat> uh, Very yeah. popular. Um, so I guess Kelly Fisher wins. Uh, Allison Fisher gets second place. Still, I mean, I just never get I never get tired of seeing those two at the finals of one of these tournaments. Yeah. I think it's just fantastic. Uh, I think the the really fun part about this tournament was uh, Savannah Easton really yeah, makes her first really, really deep run. She gets seventh, eighth, loses to Christina Zlateva. Uh, Savannah yeah, she Easton like your age now? No, she's only twelve. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah, she's only twelve Way years younger. old. Yeah, yeah. She's up to a 561 Fargo. And I it's going to be going up even more. At the ladies' event here a couple months ago. Yeah, she's, she beat uh, 
Kaylee McIntosh, who's a player out of Minnesota, a really good player out of Minnesota. She's a 637 Fargo. Savannah beat her 8-4. to four. She beat uh, Dawn Hopkins 8-5. Uh, uh, Chanel Lorraine, she beat 8-5. Uh, Mary Avina, she beat 8-4. Uh, to four. She's beat some really – I mean, she is – She's a talent, and she she seems to have her her mom and dad are both great people. So she's got a great great team behind her. Uh, she's a, seems to be an, just amazing talent with a great work ethic. I think she's she's going to be huge. Who I, who do you have Sam as a uh, say a coach there in Iowa? Your go to guy for pool instruction? Do you have anybody? Well, I don't really have anybody in Iowa, but I have Anthony Beeler. He is the guy that if I'm wanting to like learn something, I ask him. Um, back in September, I went to his house. He lives all the way in somewhere in Kentucky. It's like the middle of Kentucky. Okay. And I just went there for about a day and just had a good long lesson with him. Okay. How about have you had – have you had any coaching for the uh, your mental preparation for the game at all? Not really, no. No, huh? Yeah, I haven't. He's sixteen. Nothing uh, doesn't need it. You know, no, I know. Fearless. You yeah, well, you watch exactly. him play the game. He's fearless. Right. Yeah, that's the best. You know, uh, I miss a ball and it affects me for like three weeks. He misses a ball and he forgot about it by the time he's back to his chair. Sure. sure. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I, I well, still. I I like to I like to remember those shots. I like to practice them after the match. Right. Sure. Well, uh, I guess anything else for the WPBA event? I just wanted to basically talk about it because I missed it last week and Lonnie yelled at me. So, and well deserved yell at me. Uh, okay, then let's move on to the Midwest Open. Um, as far as the nine ball event go, I don't think that this was a nine ball ranking event. Uh, am I, am I right on that? Do you guys know? Well, I don't think it is. I think it was on seven footers. So I don't think it could have been. <clears throat> okay. Then yeah, definitely not. Oh yeah. I suppose it probably, well, was it? I don't, I don't know. I, I, yeah, honestly I saw didn't. a picture of Alex Olinger playing in the nine ball event and he was on a seven footer. So I was, I was assuming. So probably, so probably yeah. it was then. Um, I didn't well, watch. Alex, I mean, Alex and bar boxes go together. Yeah, Alex is – I mean, Alex Olinger is a beast on the bar tables. I mean, he plays the game super strong. Um, as far as like uh, – I mean, this – I just didn't watch a ton of this. I didn't watch any – I followed along with it quite a bit because I, I think Billy Thorpe on the tear – the little tear that he's on, I mean, he's doing this in regional events. I'm not trying to take away from what he's doing because he's playing some great pool right now. But these are all regional events. It'll be interesting to see what happens when he gets on to a bigger stage, which I guess we're not going to have – I guess there really aren't any big events coming up in the foreseeable future, right? I mean, it, I mean the Whirlpool Masters and stuff, but like uh, as far as when is the what, next huge what's event? What's the date on that? Is that June or May? <clears throat> uh, the Whirlpool Masters. That's uh, coming up pretty soon. When um, is the European Open? Yeah, May 10th. So okay. we're getting closer to that one still about a month away but uh yeah i guess i think the uk open is probably the next the next big one which is may 30th i can't think of any huge events before then uh so 
I guess it's, it's going to be a while before he really has the ability to uh, you know, put that little runnies on up against the best of the best. Well, I wonder if he's playing in that that Bob Stocks Memorial because there's a lot of uh, international players that are playing in that. Yeah, and there will be for that event, but that's still that's still only going to get about a half of a pro field. Um, like uh, you're not going to see an L. I, I'm guessing on this. I haven't looked at the sign up list, but you're not going to get an Albin Ocean signed up for that, or Nick, probably not an FSR or Nick Fitter signed up. Josh, Josh, yeah, he will. Josh, Josh probably won't show up. I wouldn't think. And actually, I'd be actually kind of surprised if Shane even showed up or Jason. Jason probably will because it's close to him. But uh, I don't. I don't even. I'm not even sure if uh, Shane would sign up for that. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's it's cool to see Billy up there, I and mean, we're gonna need. I think we really lost a lot of what he brings to the Moscone Cup team last year with like the the ability to fire up his team. Uh, I know Sky kind of tries to take that role on a little bit, but it just comes significantly more naturally to Billy. So it'd be really nice to actually see Billy, you know, his game justifying him being picked for the team because there are a lot of intangibles that he brings to the team that uh, you know I think we're lacking a little bit. Uh, this is the kind of things that are going to put him in position to, even if he doesn't qualify naturally, to get a uh, one of the wild card picks. And I think it's a lot easier to justify it when you see a couple wins on his belt. So I don't know. Like you said, uh, Billy won the over, or Lonnie said Billy won the overall. Yeah, that is the Banks. It's kind of basically like a mini derby, I guess. Uh, they have a Banks, a one pocket, and a uh, nine ball event. Uh, Billy won the one pocket. Uh, did he win the? I think he won the the Banks too. I know he won. won Yeah, he won the banks too, and then uh, he ended up getting to the fifth, fifth through eighth. I think in the the yeah, I think he got fifth through eighth in the nine ball. He lost to. Oh, he got uh, ninth through twelfth, ninth through uh, ninth through sixteenth. He lost to D Atkins. uh, In the round of sixteen, so ninth through ninth through sixteen, so really good event for Billy. I guess any any thoughts, you guys, Sam? Um, speaking of the, the Midwest open in the, especially in the one pocket event, you shout out to Riley Adkins. Yeah. Uh, like 18, he took, he made it to the final eight in the one pocket and was up three to one on Billy. Yeah. So he was raised four. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> easily, easily made it to the semifinals in that. How old yeah. is he? I think he's 18 or 19. Okay, pretty young. Oh, yeah, he might be 19. 18 or 19 is right, but I, I think he, maybe he is 19. I don't know. What 18 or 19. What Sam? Um, I play with a Synergy. Is that a low deflection? Uh, video? I don't know. I, yeah. I really don't. Okay, is it a wood shaft or a... No, no, it's, 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 it's the synergy. Composite, yeah. I, I yeah. thought the Defy or the Synergy. I'm just testing out right now. Okay. Yeah. And what do you determine is uh, the difference between the shafts, mostly, in the playability? Uh, I'd say the, the Defy has a really soft hit. It, you just can't even feel when you hit the cue ball. Oh, um, and then the synergy, I think you can get more action into the cue ball. Okay. Fun. 
So sound put the, tip of the stick in the same place, but get a little more spin on it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Sam, want to finish out your uh, your thought on that event? I mean, shout out to Riley Atkins. Yeah, he's yeah. A, another onboard player. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Shane Wolford won the nine ball, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, he beat uh, Alex Olinger in the finals. So that's uh, I guess that's Shane has had a couple of these regional wins across uh, across his career, especially in the last like year. But I would say that this is probably a top three of the events that he's ever won. I would say. Although I, there's some great players that were in this event, but uh, there's actually a lot of players in here. I'm sure they're just great, like really great regional players that I've never heard of. Um, but like third, fourth, uh, Matt, Matt Carmen, I had never heard of him before. Uh, Jordan Davis, uh, fifth through eighth. Um, Jordan plays pretty good. Yeah, does he? Well, obviously, I, you don't get to that point without playing really well. Cash Keaton uh, made a good run. Yeah, Cash Keaton. Uh, he's he's been playing really good the last year. Another young player. He's maybe 18, 19? Uh He's a month younger than me. He's sixteen. Oh, he's a month younger than you. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Seven twenty-one Fargo. <clears throat> yeah. It's pretty good. Pretty it's good. Pretty good. Uh, I thought he was. I thought he was a little older than you. All right. Uh, I thought he was too. I thought he was too. <laughs> so uh, good for him. Uh, Warren Kiamko, Eric Robin, or uh, Eric Roberts. So this, there's some great players in this event. Payne McBride made the two. So another another junior. So it's pretty oh, sweet to see that all these. Jan- it's pretty awesome to see all these junior players that are coming through, doing well like in these that. events. Yeah, shows <laughs> good for the uh, the future of the game when we have what uh, four four players or so under the age of twenty that are placing high in these events. Pretty sweet. I don't know. Is there anything else we want to talk about for that? Nope. Good. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I guess you guys said you didn't watch much of this, but I wanted to highlight. Or I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was. I thought it was just kind of pretty cool. Uh, the match between Edgy Geronimo and Tyler Steyer. Uh, Tyler Steyer mm-hmm. was down fifty to forty-seven at one point in time going into day three. Uh, ends up winning like 17 of the next 21 games end up winning 75 to 63. Uh, you watch, you watch the event and I watched the first two days and Tyler was kind of just, you know, if there, if there's a thing about Tyler's game that you, that's easy to highlight, it's, it's that he, he's got a huge stroke and he likes to take the, he likes to take the more adventurous path around the table sometimes. Mm -hmm. And he misses some silly balls sometimes. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of the way that I look at his game is, he misses some shots and you're like, well, how, how did you miss that ball? Uh, or, you know, he goes on these, uh, you know, these, these kind of stretches where he'll play positional shots that are like, well, seems like you should just cinch the cue ball and take a tougher shot. He'll, you know, he'll try to draw back off the bottom cushion and go, you know, three rails or something like that. But when Tyler gets it all together, he looks like an 800, 820 type of player where when he puts it together with his break, he can be one of the most dangerous players out there. And we've seen it in short spurts. We've seen it for uh, stretches of tournaments where he won the Kremlin cup. Uh, I want to say this was back in 2019. I think he won the Kremlin cup 2018 or 2019. And he took second in the Austrian open. Uh, I believe that was last year where he lost Eklund Kachi in the finals. He has stretches where he can be one of the most dangerous players out there because his break is stupid. Good. I mean, it is, 
you can you can remove. I don't even know that you can really remove Shane at this point, but I mean, there's not there's not five players in the world that you can point to it and be like this 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 player breaks the balls better than Tyler. So if he's not missing those kind of silly balls that you kind of shake your head at like him missing, he's man. Woof. I thought he played the best at the Moscone Cup. I, I, I think mean, that he's played, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he certainly well, was. Him and Sky. Him and Sky, right? Him Sky, and Sky. Sky did play pretty good, but I thought that Tyler was just playing out of his mind at the Moscone yeah. Cup. Oh, I mean, he's every year he he gets picked for the Moscone Cup. He's one of the top two or three players that is playing for the U.S. I mean, he's always there. He's but not he, afraid of the moment. He handles he's never afraid of the moment. He handles well. the pressure well. Yeah, he does. Every tournament you watch him in, you, he's, he is handling that part of the game well. Doesn't yeah. beat himself up. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you kind of look at his performance last year, and he, he did perform incredibly well. He was, he was getting through the balls well. He was, he was winning points. He was doing what he needed to do to keep the U.S. in it. And then you think that, like, this is a tailor-made moment for Tyler when he's, uh, when he's playing Joshua Filler. And it's basically – I don't want to say it's for the Moscone Cup, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, that got them – was that what as was that actually the the winning point that Josh and Tyler was or was that to get to the hill? Yeah, it was the winning point. Uh Europe, winning point, was up, yeah. Europe was up ten to seven. Yeah, and Tyler Tyler Oh yeah, because Sky had just won the point to get to Tyler's match, right? So uh and Tyler's if I'm not mistaken, was Tyler down four to zero in that match? Got it back four to three, and we all it remember that eight ball that he missed. It's kind of like I mean, if there's something about Tyler's game, like I said, he he has the that you know, that, that miss that comes out of nowhere that you're like, whoa, you know, where'd that come from? Uh, and when he's, when he has it together, I mean, he's one of the most dangerous players out there, like I said, but uh, you know, that eight ball, he gets a back hill hill. And I think he might've been breaking the balls at that point in time. I think that's a point for uh, team USA. You yeah, know, just, I'm going as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tracy, I mean, Tracy was, has a good question here. Uh, what about the junior Moscone cup this past week? Oh yeah. That happened we, at, uh, down in Georgia, that? right? believe it was down in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. It was in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't watch much of it to be honest with you. In fact, I didn't watch any of it. Uh, like I said, I've kind of down with COVID right now. So I'm kind of getting beat up. I'm just finally feeling human enough today to be able to do the show. So a uh, little out of it, but uh, Sam, did you watch any of it? I watched a little bit of it on the first day. I didn't really see much of it. I know that I believe Team Hess won it, and then Landon Landon Hollingsworth's team got second. But sure. I'm not I'm not positive on like what happened in the event. I don't know. I didn't really watch it on days two and three. Sure. Or yeah, I didn't. I don't watch it. It's a pretty cool idea. It was a yeah. It was a good idea. Yeah, it's a pretty cool idea. Um anything that you can do, but I, I think the marketing has to be better for it. I don't, I don't know how you market that better, but uh, I guess just basically getting it out ahead of time to know that it's happening and what it is and all that stuff is probably pretty important, but Hey, any cool ideas like that? I'm, I'm all in favor for, for the future. Oh yeah, definitely. Sure. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's, I don't know. This was going to be a shorter episode. There wasn't a lot going on around the industry. Is there anything uh, either you guys have that's been burning your crawl this week that you want to discuss? What's your uh, uh, thoughts on uh, 
Sam, on uh, jumping the ball and rather than versus kicking and things like that? Do you work on though that part of the that part of the game quite a bit? Um, I really like to jump the ball. I think it's a a lot of people don't like it. They think it's uh, a cheat code to the game. I personally think it's skill, so it should be allowed. Um, kicking is a great skill to have. Personally, I don't really have the kicking skill. I need to work on that part of the game. I I'm decent at jumping the ball. I'm not I'm not the best at jumping it, but I if I had to choose, I'd prefer to jump it. Okay. Have you ever fooled around with three cushion at all? Uh, I have. I'm terrible at it. I'm oh. I'm terrible. Okay. Yeah, I started three cushion about five years ago, and it's it's really helped my visual aspect of pocket pool yeah and it's helped with uh, of course controlling the cue ball with uh you get exposure to the uh finesse of spin and speed with uh with the whitey you know so yeah i would suggest there's a few places to play down there in iowa some three cushions so yeah this past weekend <laughs> at the tournament there was actually a three cushion table we we played around on it a little bit. Uh, we, we only we only played on it for about fifteen minutes. Had a yeah. match it called. So well, you but look at careful. Definitely a fun careful. game for old people. You look at players like Efron, who oh, yeah. had a pretty extensive three cushion background, and he talks about it a little bit every now and then if he's asked. And oh yeah, he can't say enough about it, enough good about the game uh, and his exposure to it that helped his pocket pool game. So I think every pocket pool player out there should get in, uh, some exposure to three cushion along the way. I know Raymond talks about it a little bit too when he's on Raymond on airs. <clears throat> what do you think about Ryan Harmson's comment, Rob? Do you think it's for old people? I think three it's cushion for is for old people. Well, the yeah, from what I've seen <laughs> in, the, in the tournaments I go to, uh, uh, there's a tournament coming up in Madison this this week. It's a four-day event, 32 players. And the youngest player in that event, I'm, from what I understand, is probably 35, the youngest player. Wow. Yeah. You said the that average that's this age week? is probably 60. That's this week, Rob? That's this week in Madison, yeah. Oh, so you're not going to WSPA? I won't be able to, no. I'll be in Madison. Gotcha. So Good. I'm leaving Madison because I heard you were coming to town. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going up it. and you, I'm going two and a half hours north and you're coming three hours south. <laughs> We're just switching past each other. Right, right. <laughs> Fun. Well, uh, I guess with that, uh, I'm going to make everybody watch this awesome ad from Jacoby Custom Cues because they're awesome and they take care of us really well. So check out this sweet ad from Jacoby Custom Cues and we'll talk on the other side of it. Yeah, here we go.
that was pretty fun, wasn't it, Rob? Yeah, I, I like the music. Kind of <laughs> eerie, kind of goofy. Yeah, it's actually the well, uh, the break you that I use. Me, what I really like, and and it is it is a family enterprise, and always has been Jacoby. Uh, Brandon, his whole all his kids are involved in the business, and his wife, yep. and you know, and and, and as far as Brandon is the second generation, if you like well, and you want a job, you could probably work there. Of course, uh, Brandon just took it over from uh, David, uh, his father, who started the company back in the 80s, I believe. Uh, he just took the, the, yeah, the company over. I believe he took it over about a year ago, give or take, uh, officially. So that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, like you said, family-owned company. They do a lot for the game. Uh, obviously, they support the crap out of us. They support the oh, industry. Yeah. Uh, past that, uh, yeah, they take care of a lot of people. They was all over the place to events yeah. in the state. <laughs> I mean, every event you can imagine, small, little, regional things. Yeah. yeah. And Good. that that cue that you saw the ad for is literally the break cue that I use, which in my for my money is the best jump break combination cue out there. It jumps mm -hmm. the balls and breaks the balls as a combination better than anything out there that I've I've used anyways. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the so, bad rap that I've heard about jump break cues is that they're not as good as just the best jump cue, or not sure. as good as just. The and best that is always going to be the truth. Yeah, that I yeah oh, definitely yeah. So not. That so. is accurate. Though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. that's always going to be the case because when you're trying to optimize something for two different things, but if you're trying to get, you know, if you're if you're a baller on a budget and you want to, you know, get the best of both worlds, uh, for a better price point, the the blackout is a really really good option because it does okay. jump and break as a combination better than anything else I've used. It's it's a good okay. combination. So, uh, I guess with that. I don't know. Sam, make a prediction. Let's hear who your Moscone Cup team is coming up. Who are the three Ooh. that are gonna who are the three that are going to qualify? And who are the two wildcard picks? Let's hear. The three that are going to qualify are going to be Shane, Sky, and Billy Thorpe. And then the two okay. wildcard picks. Tyler Steyer. And Gonna have to go Shane Wolford. Shane Wolford, okay. Wow. Shane over I, Shane over. I want to see Nick. I want to see Nick Varner. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a good pick. Yeah. So what? What's your take on uh, uh, Earl then for uh, for the cup? And and what's your evaluation of Earl from last year? I personally. I thought it was all for views. I didn't I didn't think it was a smart pick if they were trying to win. Um I thought he played decent for, you know, for being in that environment and and at his age, he played he played pretty well. Um I don't know what else to say about him. I just I did not think it was a smart move. Okay. Have you seen his straight pool video out there? I just saw it yesterday for the first time. The one with Jason Shaw? No, no, it's just Earl alone playing straight pool. And yeah, he, he just released it as like uh he yeah, he's like a I saw it on his Facebook page. Like he's like, uh my fans are the best ever. I'm gonna release this as like a yeah, thank you for everything that you do. Here's here's my uh lessons on straight pool. Right. Something he, worth watching. It really is. No, I thought yeah. it was good. 
I mean, I'm not taking away. So everybody knows I'm like the biggest Earl Strickland hater in the entire world. Uh, <laughs> and I think I live up to it pretty well. But I will also be the first person to tell uh, how I think it is when it comes to Earl. And I've actually seen him instruct before. I've seen him be a teacher. The guy's a good instructor. He, he is. He, he's able to relate to the student pretty well. Uh, I've seen him teach one-on-one at uh, – I've seen him teach one-on-one – at Sandcastle Billiards, and I've seen him teach in a group setting in the Mad Apple in uh, Wisconsin. And I've seen him do different clinics here and there across the Midwest and places that I've been around that, you know, he just happened to be at. The guy's a good instructor. So if, if there's something out there that he's giving away for free where he's teaching, yeah, I I would highly, highly advise anybody out there, even if, even if you don't even play, even if you've never even heard what straight pool is, which is basically me, because I think my high run in straight, my high run in eight ball is higher than my high run. In straight pool, let's just put it that way. Uh, the guy teaching, if you can get some free some free nuggets on straight pool, it's going to help your other games. Uh, I would I would highly advise going over and watching. Definitely, definitely guy, help with eight ball for sure, no out. question. I'm the biggest Earl Strickland hater in the world, and I constantly get reminded of it. It's, it's okay. I can give him his props when he deserves them. He is a great instructor. Yeah. He's going to give this away. I would I would highly advise watching it. Well, I liked it when uh, Pinozo was interviewing Reyes, and he asked uh, Efren, uh, "In your career, who are the best? Who are the best players you you ever played?" And of course, Earl was one of them. Uh, Mike Siegel was the other one. Sure, Nick Farner. I know I said his name earlier. Gotta be yeah, up there. Yeah, no, no, Nick yeah, was yeah. champion, champion pool player for many, for years. There was the Farner. Yeah, I mean, he's he's constantly overlooked as like kind of being in that era of like. Uh, kind of is. He was after, a little I, after during Earl and a little after, but uh, yeah. But but I think I think it's because he's like the most quiet of the guys that he was uh, uh, competing against. We'll say. I mean, the big talkers of the time were Mike Siegel and Earl Strickland. I mean, those right. were, yeah. And those two are the kind of the two players that kind of get the the biggest shine as like the, you know, obviously Shane right. now, but from that era, I think it was Mike Siegel and Earl Strickland, and I don't think that's it necessarily. Was. I don't think it's necessarily not because they were also the biggest talkers. I think that there's oh, there's sure. something in that. I mean, Mike Siegel will be the first to tell you that he is the greatest thing since sliced bread when it comes to pool or and a lot of other things. I mean, the guy was an absolute monster. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but he'll, oh, yeah. he'll also be the first person to tell you he was. Nick Varner, just for, yeah. for the Nick Varner that I know, he kind of just showed up and played. Well, I saw – I played in a tournament that Nick was at in 1980. It was a national eight-ball championship. And he was really just starting to get uh, to get famous back then. And uh, he was he he was I would would call him a sneaky player. In other words, you weren't expecting what you got from him when you watched him play or or played against him. You you kind of were uh, shocked by uh, he had a he had a, a kind of a I a snuck his way into into racks kind of like i you know he just wasn't flamboyant about the game like like mike siegel was and some of the jimmy rampy at the time some of these players that were you know bigger than life kind of players and earl where he was just in the in the background a little bit but and even to a slightly lesser degree uh johnny but, johnny was a little bit like that too yeah 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 his his pocketing skills were just on top of the list and his cue ball control so he can't miss with those two skills in pool if you pocket balls better than the next guy, you're probably going to win the win the match. 
you got a chance, don't you? You certainly in the game every game you play. Yeah. Sam, what do you think? Um, Who do you think is the greatest U.S. player ever? The greatest U.S. player ever, I believe it's Shane Van Boning. Hmm. I, I don't think I that, that should come as a surprise. I just think that – I just feel like the pockets, the, the pockets were a lot bigger back then. That's my oh, yeah. opinion. Um, they were like five inches. Yeah, they were playing on easier conditions, I'd say. I mean, the, the cloth – I think was was pretty slow back then. Yeah, pulling the ball, yeah. Um, I'd have to say Shane Van Boning. Yeah, I mean, it's you're hard not going to gonna get a lot of argument but, with that. No yeah. I mean, he's won everything. <laughs> he's won absolutely everything you can. Tougher conditions, and since he was very young. Well, I mean, the the two events that he hasn't won, uh, he has not won the World Eight Ball, and he's not won the World Ten Ball. But he has finally won the World Nine Ball. Yay. <laughs> as far as no, world titles go, I mean, if you're gonna ball. make an argue if you're gonna make an argument against Shane Voning, Shane Van Boning, you're you're making it based off of he's won almost no world titles. Uh he's won the one, of course. Uh he's one in three in finals. Uh Nick Varner's won six, seven. I mean, he's won a ton. I don't I'm making up numbers, but it's a lot. Uh Earl's won several. Uh, Mike Siegel's won several. Um, if, if you're going to make an argument against Shane Van Boning for one of those players, it's 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 based off of that. Um, yeah, and and I don't necessarily disagree with Lonnie. Uh, the U.S. Open should be a world title. Sure, I mean I, it's it's at that level um, of difficulty, if not harder. I mean I don't think anybody in the world is going to claim that the the U.S. the U.S. Open is an easier event to win than the world eight ball, for example, I don't think anybody's going to make that argument. Even the world 10 ball. I, I think that uh, you have a 64 person invitational only uh, where the U S open is 256. Sure. Sure. It's all, you know, it's not invitation. So you have a lot of dead weight in there. You have a lot of dead money uh, where, you know, if you have 64, of the, the best in the world, they're going to be invite only. There is no such thing as a scrub match. But how long do your scrub matches last in the U.S. Open? I mean, one match, maybe two, even if it's three, even if it's three matches, congratulations, you're down to the 64 round, which is what the other match starts at. So if you have one out of three tough matches, then you already are at the same level of brutal matches by the time that you get to the point where the Predator, you know, the World 10 ball is at. So, uh, yeah. And if you, you know, mm-hmm. if you're Mika Eminen and you lose your first match in the U.S. Open, congratulations, you're going to be grinding 14 straight matches against some of the best players in the world to be able to win it. And, you know, the one year Mika won it on his back-to-backs where he lost his first match, I think he won 14 straight matches. You know, Tough. the player I'd, I'd really like to see go deep in the U.S. Open this year is Greg Hope. I'd, I'd really well, he like did, He went pretty deep last year. He yeah, did. And, and, you know, 32. I, think he got the, I think he got the top 32. player with more desire than this guy i mean he he has it and he's got skills and like i'd like to see him perform well there yeah i think he got top 32 last year i think it was him yeah. and oscar that were the deepest americans right i remember he, he played uh omar al shaheen in the final yeah. 30 or the final 60 final 64 i think he played omar al shaheen and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he beat him like 11 to four. He beat Omar Al Shaheen 11 to four to get into the final 32. And I think it was nine to five. Ah, 
Was it nine to five? Stand corrected, Nate. Okay. Well, yeah. I know it was a it was a comfortable win. Uh, I didn't know if it was up to eleven by then or not, but uh, that's a pretty comfortable win. Nine five. I mean, in that tournament, maybe it's not, but uh, on paper, at the end of the match, yeah. it seems like a decently comfortable win. So, I mean, there's a guy. He's, he dances to his own drummer, and and you can't deny it's working for him. Yep. So I can't believe he's only six ninety Fargo. Six ninety. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there is, and uh, you know, you can talk to this uh, Rob because you know who I'm talking about. There's a player in Wisconsin who's a great regional player. In fact, I can even I don't even have to say his name. Like I could just say he's a great regional player who's really really hard to play against because he's got some goofy antics. And that person is Rob. Well, there's Billy two. Lassie. Billy. Okay. Oh. So Billy the kid. Yeah. Uh, he's a 700 yeah. level Fargo, and he's he's one of the normally large amount of state <laughs> events, uh, state masters events, because he's really hard to play against. He's really quirky. He's really goofy. Um, and five he's out really of seven small. years, I think he won. Huh? I think oh, he yeah. Won five, five out of seven years. Yeah. Five out of seven. Yeah. That he played. And he, he plays a lot higher than, or he, he wins way more than what he actually oh. should because he's oh. goofy. He's. He's he's a really slow player. Uh, he's really quirky. Like he'll take the chalks, and if 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 there's two chalks on the table, uh, or if there's seventeen chalks on the table, every single one of them will be turned on its side, chalk facing out, and it will be on the corner of the table just above the pocket. And every single one of them will be there. He will not shoot a ball until every single chalk is perfectly in its place. Like he he literally he's super OCD about everything, and he'll have to have his he'll he'll pull his hat down and he'll turn it to the side but he'll do like and yeah. he'll do it over and over and over again until he feels like he got it right and it might be 17 times it might be 30 times i mean we we see uh i mean we, facebook kind of got a little goofy about jonathan hennessy like his antics and his quirks oh yeah jonathan hennessy can get the six out with billy with his with his quirks i mean billy oh, is yeah. like 10 times worse of across the board and that's hard to play against you know if you're playing a match and you see good. somebody doing this stuff it's really hard in fact i remember uh, a certain Mr. Robert, Ho- uh, Robert Hovick uh, won the hot seat in the state masters finals. And I remember you got double dipped by Billy and your <laughs> match took six hours for a double dip. Yeah. And th- <laughs> we, we started at 10, 10 at night. And we got done at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I re- and, and that was a double dip and a race. On a seven. bar table. <laughs> race and I remember seven. And I remember several times that somebody had to come over and actually wake up Rob in between his innings. Because, like, yeah. but the second uh, match, yeah, I just what I'm getting at is uh, we started. What I'm getting at there is Greg Hogue is he's got some quirks. I'm not trying to say they're bad. I mean, he's got some quirks, and that's that could be tough to play against. He, oh yeah, you know, he runs out, he runs out, and that's what matters. But uh, you know, he's a I happy guy the, when he's on a he's pool a happy table. Guy, yeah. And you can see that, and that's difficult to play against. You see somebody yeah. so relaxed, and and they're just having fun playing, and they're whipping so, you. <laughs> yeah, I and I think I think because of some of his antics, and maybe the fact that he is a six ninety Fargo, he gets overlooked a little bit, and you don't want to overlook him because he can play. Oh, yeah. And you know when he's out when he's out in that U.S. Open stage, and uh, you know he's kind of just swinging free, and he's got a little bit of those quirks, and that's that's a little bit tough to focus on. You know the guy the guy can do his thing. So he is the opportunity. Jimmy, he'll run through it. Yeah, is our Jimmy Telfer going to play over there in uh, the UK at, at the Open? Yeah, I think so. He usually okay. plays the UK Open. Okay, good. We'll be looking yeah, forward. Yeah, I know he. 
Yeah, he played the European Open last year. I think he's actually playing both of those again this year, but and I think he's actually taking the European Championships off because of that. So, okay, so that he can play those two events. So, well, good deal. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's probably a good point to leave this today, Sam. It was awesome having you on the podcast. What'd you think, Sam? Yes, very good to meet you, young man. Yeah, nice to meet we're you. looking forward to uh, for you on the podcast. We're looking forward to your play and following you. Yeah. Yeah, and if people want to, uh, if people want to follow along with your journey coming up uh, through the ranks, you know, making their way into uh, hopefully Moscone Cup contention in the next couple of years, how can they follow along with you easier? Um, I have a website. Uh, you can locate it on my Facebook page, or you can just look up RhinoChargeInc.com. Uh, that is my website. Uh, it's it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. You can see all my future events on there and my sponsors and everything about me on there. That's basically that's basically how you find out. All right. Cool. And I will put this into the chat. So if you want to go over and follow his Facebook page, here it is. Check that out in the chat. Uh, uh, there we go. And there it is. So there you go. With that, we'll close it up for one more week. We'll see you guys all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching, folks. See you guys.